Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today's program is brought to you by our Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net whose uh, support made the series possible and who chose this summer series, The Summer of Angela Lansbury. Well, today we're going to bring you an episode of the MGM Theater of the Air. MGM Theater of the Air was part of a move by MGM to capitalize on radio just before radio's profitability declined precipitously as they launched MGM Radio Attractions. MGM Radio Attractions launched its syndicated programming with several series based on their films, including uh, The Story of Dr. Kildare, Uh, The Hardy Family, of course, based on the Hardy films uh, with uh, Mickey Rooney as Andy Hardy. And they relaunched The Adventures of Maisie, which had already made a jump to radio earlier in the 1940s. But they actually went ahead and re-recorded and retranscribed a lot of the scripts. In addition to uh, creating original programs such as the Gracie Field Show, uh, the Modern Adventures of Casanova with Earl uh, Errol Flynn, and uh, Woman of the Year with Betty Davis. And another one of these is the entire MGM Theater of the Air, which, like Lux, a radio theater, and later the Screen Director's Playhouse, offered our adaptations of motion pictures. The original air date on today's program is August the 11th, 1950, and here now is Stambul Quest. The MGM Theater of the Air, our star this week, Angela Lansbury. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Vice President of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, and a luminary of the Broadway and Hollywood entertainment world, Mr. Howard Dietz. On our stage this week is played a combination of intrigue and romance, Stambul Quest. The motion picture was directed by the late Sam Wood. It is a well-made melodrama, exciting in every sense of the word. I'm fighting for my country, Douglas, just as you would fight for yours. Do you understand? I'm beginning to. You're a spy, aren't you? Answer me. I want to know. Aren't you a German spy? In the tradition of Matahari, women espionage agents must be daring, beautiful, and ruthless. The heroine of Stambul Quest is all this and more, as played by one of your favorite stars, Angela Lansbury. In just a moment, the MGM Theater of the Air will bring you the fast-paced excitement of Stambul Quest, starring Angela Lansbury. The land was quiet. The guns were silent. The tanks halted. The marching feet stilled. The land was quiet, stunned, shell-shocked. It was the summer of 1945. Three months and a week after VE Day, a death's head grinned upon Europe, spreading dark wings over exhausted peoples. It was a dark time in a dark land, and places of light were seldom come upon. But there were some. There always are some. If you'll wait here, please. Our Mother Superior will see you in a moment. Our place of light, our scene is a convent, somewhere in Europe. A young man waits in an anteroom for the Mother Superior. He wears the insignia of a major, the uniform of the American military government. He is not kept waiting long. Sit down, please. I have your letter. We shall help, of course, if we can. Thank you, Mother. Not to destroy, but to save lives. 
That's the purpose of your survey, Major. In a general way, yes. A study of displaced persons. Project is vast. We know. But so worthy. So worthy. The refugees, Major, the lost people, they're a mortal sickness within Europe. We hope to find the cure for that sickness by this study. They've come to us, of course, some of them. Those we cannot help are the ones who have lost themselves. Lost themselves. Yes, I've seen that happen. There's one woman with us now. Um, Sister Therese. Yes, Mother? Will you bring Anne-Marie here, please? She's at prayers, Mother. Oh, later then. We'll help you to hear something of this woman's story, Major. Did you know Berlin in the early days of the war? I knew it, yes. Relating dates to events in the outside world is difficult for us here. But it was after Hitler had invaded Poland and overrun France. And while some nations were still neutral, your country, Major, and in the Balkans, Turkey. The Nazis wanted Turkey as an ally. So did the English. The German Secret Service, the Gestapo, was ordered to report every move of every influential Turk. The man in charge of this assignment was called Heinrich von Stuhl. Yes, what is it? The American is here. The young doctor who resisted arrest. I will see him in a moment. Send in Kruger. Fräulein Doctor. Yes? The bath is good, huh? After coming through the lines disguised as a peasant woman. The bath is wonderful. I expect to spend the rest of the day here. <laughs> you sent for me, Herr Holmstern. Kruger, yes, come in. What do you know about Turkey? Turkey? Well, thick coffee, fat women, atrocious smells. And, you think uh, you could smell out the first-class traitor? <laughs> in two sniffs. You're going to Turkey as a British agent. At once? You'll leave as soon as your papers are ready. Your masquerade, of course, will be in every detail faithful. If you are caught, you will be shot as a British spy, not a Gestapo agent. Die an Englishman. <laughs> what a death for a good German. Whatever happens, this office must not be linked to you. Whatever happens, I promise to die like an English gentleman. Now, uh, the exact nature of my little errand... That will be given you in detail later. You'll hold yourself in readiness. That will be all? Yes, sir. I will be at my apartment. Wait. Yes, what is it? Sorry, sir. That American doctor demands a hearing. He'll get it presently. Fräulein Doctor. Coming. One minute to get out of those filthy peasant rags, one minute to bathe, one minute to dress like a decent human being. Von Sturm, I deserve better. Ah, far more secret agent deserves only the best. But the clock's hands refuse to recognize this. And it was not quite one minute, one minute, one minute, was it? <laughs> it seemed less. Here. Ah, the peasant rags, rich in writing of invisible ink. Apply some of the B-double-X solution to the right sleeve of the blouse. The right sleeve. The waistband of the skirt and the chemise. Ah. So. Yes. Yes. Wasn't that Kruger's voice I just heard now? Kruger, yes. I'm sending him to Istanbul. You're as certain of him as all that? A moment. It's uh, coming clear. Ah. Fourth Division, 236 guns, three ammunition dumps, 12 minefields. Wonderful, wonderful. It's all there. I don't know which are easier. The English because they suspect nobody, or the French because they suspect everybody. All here, yes. Is there any reason I shouldn't be certain of Kruger, Fräulein Doctor? When does he leave? As soon as his papers are ready. I ask again, why shouldn't I trust him completely? Which dumb, really? So suspicious. Did I say you shouldn't trust Kruger? In effect, yes. Ah, the American doctor. Fräulein, will you wait in the next room and listen and watch? For what exactly? A dentist was arrested this morning for treason. His patient was this young American. We brought him in for questioning. And he's been stubborn? <laughs> you know Americans. I know the hollow tooth trick. Conceal a message in an aluminum file inside a hollow tooth. Mm, that is why we have been questioning him. But this American has no hollow teeth. Send the American in. He is unhappy with our questioning. In there, Fräulein, if you please. Leave open the door to here. Remember now, I'm between assignments. 
If he gets violent, don't expect any help from me. You will come if I call, I know. Are you the guy that's so interested in my dental work? I want an explanation of this whole mess right away. You are an American studying medicine at Leipzig? There I am, sitting in a dentist chair, minding my own business, getting a routine checkup when these plug uglies barge in and start shoving me around. You interfered with Gestapo agents in the performance... I don't like being shoved around. Arrested for having my teeth fixed. What kind of a system is this, anyhow? I asked you, you are studying... Medicine at Leipzig, that's right. And your name is Beale? Douglas Beale? a bad taste in my mouth from having your friends poking around my teeth. My name is Beale, yes. Mr. Beale, uh, Dr. Beale, the dentist you visited was a traitor. You were detained for security reasons. Is that supposed to be an apology? There was evidently a mistake made. You may go. Thanks. You know I ought to punch your head. Maybe I will. I think not, Doctor. No, it's probably too soft to punch satisfactorily. You may go, Doctor. Tell you what. Suppose I send my bar bills to your Fuhrer. They'll stagger them. It's going to take a lot of Pilsner to get the taste of those Gestapo fingers out of my mouth. Peek. Hans, have that American followed. I listened. I watched. I still don't know for what. You've never seen him before? A young doctor. Tall, handsome, spirited. Oh, no. Never before. I should never have forgotten that man. I think he has nothing to do with the traitor we arrested, but I must be sure. So, now I understand. I've never seen him before, but I am to see him again. It will be your little assignment tonight to find out whether he is or is not harmless. Harmless? To our professional interests, Fräulein. That's better. I watched him only for a moment. But you know, I might like this assignment very much. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, taxi. Hey, taxi. Sounds as bad as Times Square at the theater break. Hey, here, taxi. Ah, lucky class. Driver, take me to the Hotel Excelsior. You savvy? Hotel Excelsior. I savvy. What? Oh, I, I didn't see. I, I didn't know. I thought... Uh, you thought the cab was empty. Instead, it has a passenger. What? It pulled over to the curb. Seemed to be answering my hail. Actually, I... Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Driver, pull up. Oh, but how silly. What? You'll never get another cab in this rain. Did you say you wanted to go to the Excelsior Hotel? That's right. Then it is fate. That is where we are going. Where I was going. No. So you are welcome to ride with me. You're staying at the Excelsior, too? Yes. What do you know about that? Fate is right. Uh, Let me introduce myself. My name is Beale, Douglas Beale. An American? That's right. I'm called Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie Boland. What are you doing in Germany? In Berlin, Mr. Beale. In Germany, studying medicine. In Berlin, well, getting arrested mostly. Really? Anne-Marie Boland. What a beautiful name. Sounds like... like violet smell. If that isn't too poetical. It's very nice. You know, I have a bad habit of going overboard about things. I think it's a charming habit. When I overdo it, stop me, won't you, Miss Boland? Uh, it is Miss Boland. Oh, yes. Well, this is wonderful. See here, may I return this favor? Will you have dinner with me? Oh, I'm afraid I couldn't possibly. Oh, I know it's short notice and I'm a stranger, but you must admit the circumstances are unusual. They are, aren't they? I can present all sorts of character references. I form my own character references, Mr. Beale. Why do you stare at me so? Just getting used to this light. Seeing you for the first time, you... Yes, Mr. Beale? I am... Very beautiful. Why, thank you. I won't take no for an answer now, Miss Bond. You won't? That doesn't leave me any choice, then. Not at all. Very well. I accept. Dinner with a strange young American who I think I'm beginning to like very much. Well, you learn something every day. Berlin has meant beer to me up to now. I didn't know you could get wine this good here. How long have you been in Berlin, Mr. Beale? Douglas, please. Uh, Two months. Look, the wine's good, but it's time to have dinner. And not in the hotel dining room. Oh? Where? In my room. Mr. Beale, do I look like a woman who would go to a stranger's room? If you did, I wouldn't ask you. The name is not Mr. Anything. It's Douglas. Come on. (laughs) 
room. It's a suite. I can see that you believe in comfort. I used to. Now I believe in fate. Cigarette? Thank you. Are you staying long in Berlin? I don't know. Make yourself comfortable. Here, let me have your coat. You like roast chicken, I hope. All I have is roast chicken. It will be perfect. Light or dark meat? I only have dark meat. <laughs> dark meat will be perfect. Everything is, you know. What? Perfect. I don't know how I found you or why you came here. But I did find you and you are here. It's made everything all of a sudden quite perfect. have dined well and to relax before an open fire. It is luxury, Douglas. Isn't it? What was I saying? Oh, yes. You know, it's unusual to meet an American who has no plans about leaving Berlin. You know, the firelight plays shadow tricks with your face. Because of the war, I mean, uh, most of your countrymen hate our Fuhrer. Can't leave Berlin fast enough. Douglas, are you listening to me? No. Oh, well, really? Henry, would it surprise you to learn that I'm in love with you? Very much. It was a surprise to me, too. I just found it out. <laughs> you Americans, you make decisions so quickly. I couldn't help feeling the way I do if I were an Eskimo. You, besides being beautiful, you're... What's the word for wonderful? I think it's, uh, Wonderful. Anne Marie. Douglas, don't. Oh, my sweet. My sweet. You see, this is no casual thing. It should be. I wanted it to be. You have nothing to say about it. Anne Marie, don't leave. Stay with me. Oh, wait. I must think. Say you want to stay. Oh, I do. I do want to stay. You are wonderful. Not with my hair, Master. Especially with your hair, must. Stay right there. Don't move. Where are you going? This calls for champagne. Toasts. Lots of toasts. You realize I've never been in love before, of course. Thought I was lots of times, but never really before. I've been hoarding this champagne for special occasion. I didn't know how special it was going to be. Guess I had an inkling when I first saw you... Anne-Marie, where are you? Wait a minute. You can't leave. Wait. Anne-Marie, come back here. Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. You are very certain after last evening's observation that the American doctor is all right, Fräulein. I couldn't be more sure, Von Stern. So be it. You were right to doubt Kruger. Oh? He was Bertram Church, V.C. of the British Intelligence. Was? One moment. Uh, 9.30. Yes, was. I imagine he kept his promise. What? To die like an English gentleman. I can't say, Fräulein. I know only that he was given the opportunity. Send in Carl. At once, Herr Von Stern. You are no longer between assignments, Fräulein Doctor. I thought not. When your message came this morning. You will go to Stambul in Kruger's place. Kevin Stone, you sent for me. I did. Carl here will go with you, Fräulein, as your servant. Good morning, Carl. Fräulein Doctor. Your instructions are simple. Someone in Stambul, some high Turkish official, is plotting against the Reich. Information is reaching the British that is not reaching us. I'm to learn the identity of this high official? And we will do the rest. You leave for Constantinople on the Balkan Express this afternoon. That is all. Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. For Germany. There are five pieces of luggage, Carl. You take them on ahead. I'll follow you in a cab that is less crowded. Taxi. Taxi, here, please. To the railroad station and hurry. Yes, hurry. 
you. Get in, get in. I did yesterday. No, I... You're catching a train, apparently. There isn't time to argue. You did say hurry. But this is senseless. It's useless. We're going away without seeing me again. Yes. Why? Oh, Douglas, it's no use. Believe me, it isn't. I can't let you go like this. I won't. You have no choice. If I had... Yes, if you had. Well, I haven't. This is dreaming. In a war, there's no time for dreaming. Here's the station. I'm taking you to your train. No! When you decide how to prevent me, let me know. Come along. They're taking troops and munitions on this train. There may be an air raid. I'm afraid I'll have to take my chances. All aboard! Board! You could change your mind. A woman should have that privilege, shouldn't she? But I haven't. Goodbye, Douglas. Wait. You were wrong, Anne-Marie. In a war, there is time for dreaming. There must be, or nothing makes any sense at all. Nothing holds together. Goodbye, Douglas. No, I'll be the same. And please try to understand. Yeah, sure. Please try. I'll be the same. Au revoir. So long. Don't forget to write. No, by thunder, I won't have it. Here, no coach. Jump for it. You almost missed the train. I couldn't miss this train. My future is riding on it. You have a ticket, sir? I'll buy one, conductor. First class to Luke's, just as soon as I can find out where my future's taking me. We'll return in a moment with Act Two of Stambul Quest, starring Angela Lansbury on the MGM Theater of the Air. Quest starring Angela Lansbury with Ken Lynch. The story of the Stambul Quest continues, a story of suspense and danger, centering around the most intriguing of subjects, a beautiful woman. The storyteller is the mother superior of a convent somewhere in Europe, the audience of one, a major of the American military government. The room where they sit is hushed, Far from the tumult of war and espionage, and yet, as the Mother Superior talks, the events of war and espionage are very close, very real. The Anne-Marie, who is a secret agent of the German Gestapo, must have been very different from the Anne-Marie whom we know here. Now, she is so lost, so... Well, you'll see for yourself, Major. But then, five years ago... Before your country entered the war, she was not lost. She was the kind of woman who knows too well where she's going, who could accept the love of a young man one day and the next walk out of his life to board the Balkan Express bound for Constantinople. But sometimes, even for such a woman, the unexpected happens. You have your instructions from here, von Sturmkarl? To act as your servant, Fräulein Doktor. And to obey orders from you. Good. Now, when we arrive in the door, see who is there. Yeah, Fräulein. It is probably the man to take the tickets. Is this Miss Bolen's compartment? Douglas, you. I see it is Miss Bolen's compartment. The lady is in. Surprised. What are you doing here? Traveling first class to Luke's. I'm not sure where yet. The conductor will want to know. You're going as far as the next station and getting off. Better be silly after the trouble I had getting on. Perhaps you'd better wait outside, Carl. Yeah, Fräulein. As you wish. Who's muscle man? My servant. Now, Douglas, really... Let's skip the preliminaries. Where you're going, I'm going. When you get off the train, I'm getting off. But you can't without a visa. What sort of a visa? Turkish. Hmm. You're going to Constantinople, then? Yes, I've never been there. Should be interesting. I'll get a visa or I won't. Doesn't seem important somehow. Look, maybe you don't get the idea. Maybe it didn't register with you last night. I love you, Anne-Marie. You can't. 
You mustn't. All right, that's said. I can't, I mustn't, but I do. Please, get off at the next station. Return to Berlin. You did forget what I said last night. But you haven't forgotten this. Oh, don't. You haven't forgotten, have you? Have you? No. A tremendous thing has happened to us, Anne-Marie. I'm admitting it. You're trying not to. But we both feel it. I... I can't keep you with me. We don't know anything about each other, and we know everything about each other that matters. I haven't the right. I can't... Stop talking. I love you. You love me. You're going to marry me. I don't know how they manage licenses and things in Turkey, but we'll find out. We'll write our own rules if we have to. Oh, darling... My crazy, mad, wonderful darling. Wait. Where are you going? Wait. For then, doctor. You will get off at the next station and return to Berlin. But my orders from Herr von Sturm... Were to take orders from me. You have my orders now. Tell Herr von Sturm that I'm taking care of the matter in my own way. Ja, Fräulein, as you wish. If you're still plotting to have Muscle Man put me out... You're not leaving. You're going with me. To Constantinople? To Constantinople. As my servant, on my passport. Of all the jobs in the world, that's the one I'd like to have forever. Your servant. Sweet. But not now. Not yet. Until we reach the border, please, be as you are. As I... Your arm around me. Your lips close. Oh, my dear one. What did I say was the word for wonderful? Wonderful. I was so right. Never in my whole life have I been so right. I hope Madame will like this week. I'm quite sure that I will. Yeah, we're lucky to get rooms at all with a town full of Shriners. Always we have rooms for Madame. What is this, Shriners? Everybody in town's wearing a fez, you know, a chopped off dunce cap. That will do. Will you take my bags into the next room, please, Carl? Carl! What? Oh, sure. I mean, yes, Madame, at once. Into the next room with the bags. Madame, we have accommodations for your servant in the servant's wing. Oh, thank you, but uh, I would like my secretary to be on this floor, if oh, you please. Your secretary? Oh, but of course, madame. It shall be arranged as you wish. Do I come out of exile now? Shriners. <laughs> really, darling. Look here, my sweet, this servant secretary nonsense got stopped. But you're on my passport as a servant. We have to abide by that. We do not. I said we'd make our own rules. Douglas, wait. Where are you going? Get whatever kind of license we need to get married. But it, it's not as simple as that. Sit down, darling. I've got to talk to you. We can talk after I... No, get... no, please. Just sit down. Douglas, you don't know what I'm doing in Constantinople. No, I don't. Well, my uncle is a German general attached to the Turk general staff here. There's a man in Berlin he wants me to marry, darling. Hmm. Family making the arrangements, all style. I've heard of such things. I want to persuade him to allow me to make my own choice. Also, there, there's some family business, Look, you, know? you talk to him about the family business. Let me talk to him about who you don't marry and who you do marry. Oh, no, darling. No, he's, he's very difficult. Listen, I've got an uncle who's on the board of aldermen in Pittsburgh. The general staff will be a cinch. Douglas, please. I'm serious. You must let me handle this in my own way. <laughs> Sweet, of course. Remember what I said about my tendency to go overboard? All you've got to do is pull me up sometimes. I'll always be reasonable. I wish I were free to tell you what the family matter is. I'm not, though. And it, it may get awkward sometimes. How awkward? Well, they'd never even understand my knowing you. So please try to understand if you see me anywhere and I don't recognize you, that is, I don't seem to recognize oh, wait you. Wait a minute. What is this? We're playing games now. Not games. It's terribly serious, Douglas. You've got to trust me. You must. You've got my heart. Nobody should trust anybody more than that. Should they, darling? No. 
I guess nobody should trust anybody more than that. Pardon me. At the entertainment this afternoon... Oui, madame? Can you tell me where His Excellency Ali Bey is going to sit? The commandant? Oh, oui, madame. One moment. In row D, seat number five. I would like a seat in row C, number five. Oui, madame, if it can be arranged. Arrange it if you please. I'm counting on you not to disappoint me. Hassam. Yes, Excellency. Ask the lady to remove her hats, please. Madame. Yes? His Excellency Ali Bey is sitting directly in back of you. Your hat, madame, is so wide. Indeed. Excellency, she refuses. But I cannot see the stage. I wonder if you gentlemen would make a little less noise, please. Of course. Forgive us. Excellency, shall I have her ordered? Quiet. But, Excellency... Did you see her face, Hassan? Seven sons of seven mothers. Did you ever see so beautiful a face? Pardon, madame. Yes? His Excellency Ali Bey would like to be presented to you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Another time. But, madame... Another time, madame, cannot possibly be as suitable as the present. With or without madame's permission, your servant, madame. I think I shall report your impertinence to the commanding officer. I... I'm the commanding officer. Oh, in that case, I, I suppose I'm defenseless. Before the admiration of men, a beautiful woman is always defenseless. Cigarette, madame? Thank you. I'm afraid I was, well, rude about my hat. It is a very becoming hat. I cannot help but wonder whether you are more beautiful with a hat on or with a hat off. I'll ask my friends and let you know. Uh, couldn't I find out for myself? You smile. You are very kind. If I say no? You would still be very kind for having considered it sufficiently to say no. Then I say yes. Thank you. Perhaps dinner this evening? Yes, if you wish. And where may I call for madame? You may not call for madame at all. You may meet madame. Shall we say at the entrance to the National Theater at 8.30? Between now and 8.30 will pass the longest time of my entire life. It will be an unusual experience. Constantinople, after dark, under the full protection of the commanding officer of the Turkish troops. Does Madame feel she needs that protection? It's nice to know that it can be called upon, if necessary. Madame will be exactly as safe as she wishes. Nothing could be safer than that. Good afternoon, Your Excellency. Good afternoon, Madame. Excellency. Yeah? Her name is Anne-Marie Bolan. She is registered at the Hotel Imperial. She's accompanied by a servant secretary. A man traveling on her German passport as a German servant. But he's obviously an American. So, is that all? No, Excellency. She inquired at the office where you were sitting and engaged the seat directly in front of you. Is that all? Yes, Excellency. It is enough, Hassan. Enough to hold out the promise of a highly interesting evening ahead. Don't be alarmed. I've been sitting up waiting for you. Couldn't sleep. But it's three in the morning, Douglas. I'm so tired. Kiss me nicely. I know. We'll lunch together here. Will you like that, darling? Did you see your uncle? My... No. Surprising you didn't. After he went to all the trouble of sending such a distinguished messenger, the commander-in-chief of the Dardanelles. You saw me? I was at the entertainment this afternoon. I couldn't help seeing you. Douglas, I can explain. I decided it was none of my business, so I went to the theater this evening to forget the whole thing. The National Theater. Couldn't help seeing you again. 
Alley Bay. A very big cog in the wheel around here. I told you, darling. This is a matter of family business. You didn't come here to Constantinople on family business or to see your uncle, did you? Well, did you? No. You came here to see this man, this Ali Bay, who happens to be the most important military man in Constantinople. I said you'd have to trust me. Can't you see I'm trying to trust you? Douglas, I, I'm fighting for my country, just as you would fight for yours. Do you understand? I'm beginning to. You're a spy, aren't you? Answer me. I want to know. Aren't you a German spy? I'm on a mission, perhaps the most important mission of the whole war. If I succeed, it may shorten the war, even end it. All this misery, this suffering. Does your Turkish boyfriend know how important this mission is? Yes. And he's got a right to think there's nothing you won't stop at to accomplish it. You won't understand. We're at war. My country... You go out and fight a war. You shoot and get shot at. You don't use women as weapons. You fight any way you can. You use any weapons you can lay your hands on. And do anything I have to do, is that it? Yes. Oh, darling, don't you see? None of it affects us. Touches us. Whatever happens. I love only you. I wonder how many men you said that to before you met me. Douglas. I'm sorry. Listen to me. You listen to me. Whatever you've done or been doesn't matter, understand? Your life, as far as I'm concerned, began the day I met you. But what you do now is our life. You can't destroy it, Anne-Marie. I can't turn my back on my duty. Duty? Yes, duty, loyalty, honor. I can't desert it in the face of the enemy. You're trying to justify... Don't you see how easy it would be for me to lie to you? I'm telling you the truth. That should prove the honesty of my love. I want your love, not the proof of its honesty. You don't have to prove a love that's honest. Douglas, wait. Where are you going? To get passage on the first boat out of here bound for America. You can't leave The me. first boat. Do I book passage for two? Give me another day. Two days. With Ellie Bay... Are you coming with me? I can't. Oh, my darling, without you there's nothing. A life of emptiness. Don't leave me with that. Don't do that to me. Are you coming? No. I'm sorry for you. Goodbye, Anne-Marie. Douglas. No. Oh, no. Yes? Carl, when did you get here? Is von Sturm with you? I see. Yes. Yes, very well at nine in the morning in his suite 28. Oh, Carl, you will follow these instructions exactly. You remember Douglas Beale, the American from the train? I want him arrested at once. He's either in the hotel or on his way to the steamship office. He entered Turkey illegally on your passport. Have him held. You will receive further instructions in the morning. Angela Lansbury, starring in the MGM Theater of the Air presentation of Stambul Quest, will return in a moment. of Stambul Quest starring Angela Lansbury. Dusk has moved into the room in the convent, somewhere in Europe. The mother superior, telling the story of the Stambul Quest, gazes out at the darkening sky. The American major of AMG takes out a cigarette, hesitates, puts it away. A great war has been fought between the time of the Stambul Quest and this moment. The love affair of Anne-Marie Boland, German spy, and Douglas Beale, American medical student, was almost part of another world. Almost, but not quite. The shadows of that world move into the dusk of the convent. The stillness is a waiting stillness. Time itself seems to have paused. A sister of the convent order enters. She's finished with her prayers, Mother. Anne-Marie? Yes, Mother, you wanted to see her. I want the American major to see her, sister. Uh, tell Anne-Marie, 
She's shy of strangers. When she's prepared herself, I'll bring her to you. I tell you Anne Marie's story, Major, because she needs help desperately. You see, she ordered the execution of the man she loved. She was a very different woman in those early days of the war than the woman you'll meet in a few moments. She was, remember, one of the foremost secret operatives of the German espionage system, one of their most valuable agents. She'd never been in love, truly in love, until she met Douglas Beale. When he discovered she was a spy and left her, she reacted as a ruthless secret operative instead of as a woman. That was her mistake. Nine a.m. She is punctual. Let Fräulein Doctor in, Carl. At once, Herr von Storm. Well, madame, it is a pleasure to see you. Good morning, von Storm. It's a surprise to see you here in Constantinople. Surely it is never a surprise to see Heinrich von Storm anywhere. Carl, wait outside. Yes, sir. You came here to check on the efficiency of the Turkish espionage system? Partly for that reason. And how do you find it functioning? So, so, they have an oriental system. It makes an arrest occasionally. Lately? Yesterday. A Frenchman by the name of Grossin. Grossin. I hope he's guilty. They're going to execute him. Heinrich, there is something I... Why do you smile? At your calling me Heinrich. Whenever you do, there's something you wish from me. I ordered Carl to have an American arrested last night on a technicality. You may remember him. I remember him very well, Anne-Marie. It was I who carried out your order to have him arrested. I thought it would be. Has he been searched? I purposely delayed until I knew what we were to find. Incriminating documents. Establishing him as a British secret agent. May I ask why? I want him executed tonight. My dear Fräulein, he's an American. Even if he were guilty, we would I haven't ha- made myself clear. This Frenchman, Grossin, already under sentence. Ah. Can his execution be moved up till tonight? It can be arranged. I want Ali Bey to think the American is being executed. But you will have substituted Grossin instead. May I again ask why? I spent last evening with Ali Bey. I know. He's... he's interested in me. I made progress. But he doesn't entirely trust me. He knew my servant was really an American. He suspects that I'm in love with him. And by appearing indifferent to his death... Not indifferent. Just concerned. But only as much as one would be for a valued servant. Fräulein Doctor, my compliments. It will be a convincing argument for Ali Bey. You understand... Nothing is to happen to the American. I understand. He will change places with Grossin before sunset. Before sunset, Fräulein. Thank you, Heinrich. One thing more. Does Ali Bey suspect you of being a secret agent? He's practically certain of it. But I've aimed his suspicions in the wrong direction. He believes I am a British secret agent, number K6. Ah. So if you are successful with him, we have not only the information we want, but proof of his treason... If I am successful, yes. Again, madame, my compliments. When do you see Ali Bey? In one hour, at his office. You will be prepared? Of course. And the American will be free before sunset? Before sunset, Fräulein. You have my word for it. But, my dear Anne-Marie, there is nothing I can do. Oh, there must be. You are the commandant. The poor man is sentenced to die. You say documents were found on his person proving he is a British spy. Uh, Perhaps the documents are false. No. Well, then, this is war if he is a spy. He is my friend. Your friend. Nothing more, Anne-Marie? No. That is absurd. Of course it is. Excuse me, my dear... Hassan. Yes, Excellency. Do you know anything about an American who is to be executed as a spy? Yes, Excellency. Madame Boland's servant. Why was I not informed about this? The evidence was just reported against him, Excellency. You left orders not to be disturbed. What are the charges? British spy. His papers were incriminating. Left no doubt at all. When is he to be executed? At sunset, Excellency. You will execute him immediately? In the courtyard? Yes, Excellency. Immediately. 
I am sorry, Anne Mary. You can do nothing? The evidence against him is too conclusive. I see. Oh, it is not easy to lose a friend. And a colleague. What? Madame Bolin, it is no accident your servant was a British spy. You are a British spy, K-6. It is time to drop pretense. You have come here to do business. Am I not right? Yes. The terms. One hundred thousand pounds deposited to your account in the Bank of England in a name mutually agreed upon. Alvin Day. Alvin Day. When the British take the Dardanelles and Stambul, two hundred thousand pounds will be added. The arrangement is satisfactory. The method of transmission? You will find me well prepared. Microfilm rolled inside a package of cigarettes. Twenty cigarettes, twenty negatives. The entire Dardanelles defenses. I must remember not to smoke Turkish cigarettes. You underestimate me. They are treated. They will not light. Your countrymen can regard themselves as already quartered in Istanbul. You understand, of course, the final payment is for complete surrender. The terms indicated that. What is going on down there in the courtyard? Remy! The tragedy of the war. Remy! A spy? Unfortunately, yes. You wince, my dear. Did I? Oh, it was instinctive. My business here. That poor creature down there. Oh, the parallel is too close. Your business here is completed. I hope now there may be a relationship more intimate than business between us. You are so beautiful, Anne-Marie. But I mustn't linger here. True. Tonight, then? Dinner? If you are free tonight... I shall arrange to be free in order to be enslaved. Here, I will let you out the side door, and I shall count the hours till, uh, shall we say, 7.30? 7.30, yes. Goodbye, Your Excellency. Uh, please, not goodbye. Au revoir. Excellency. Hassan, how dare you come bursting in here? Excellency, in the outer office, the German von Sturm and the chief of staff. What? What are you saying, fool? That we wish to see you, Ali Bey, the general, and myself. You wish to see me, so you forced your way into my office? General, what is the meaning of this? Herr von Sturm, explain. You are a charming guest, Madame Bolin. She's one of my agents, Ali Bey. One of your... I do not understand. I met Madame Bolin only last evening. It is my painful duty, sir, to ask you to consider yourself under arrest. What? Herr von Sturm has just made a serious charge against you. He will substantiate this charge, or he will have placed himself and his government in a highly embarrassing position. And the charge? High treason. Preposterous. Perhaps I can make certain things clear to your excellency. Carl, open that side door. Yeah, Herr von Sturm. And Marie, come in. Your excellency could not have known that Madame Bolin is really... Fräulein Doktor. Fräulein Doktor. A name becoming as famous in espionage as that of Mother Hari. You had the proof, Fräulein? In this package, microfilm of the complete Dardanelles defenses, wrapped in 20 cigarettes. The substantiation of my charges, General. We rest our case upon the validity of this evidence. You, sir, will make your preparations for a general court-martial tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. So, Anne-Marie... So, Your Excellency? I have met many women in my life. Evil women, shabby women, cheap women. But I never hope to meet anyone like you. Thank you, Your Excellency. No woman would send an innocent man to his death to confirm her masquerade. That took a, a monster. Is Your Excellency referring to Douglas Beale? I am. He is to be executed at sunset. He was executed ten minutes ago. And it won't be Douglas Beale standing before the firing squad, but if... What did you say? You heard the shots, madame. You winced, if I recall. That was... It's impossible. You lied. So, he was more than a good friend, huh? Von Sturm, tell him. Tell him that he lies. I can't. He does not. But... But you swore to me... You swore! Moving the execution up was impossible. Enjoy your triumph, Fräulein Doctor. Enjoy it for a long, long time. Anne-Marie, I'm sorry. 
Do you understand me, my dear? I'm sorry. Carl, stay with her. Sir, what is the matter with her? Fräulein, can I get you something? She will be all right. It is the shock. General, if you please. Fräulein, sit down. Do you hear me, Fräulein? So, Herr Wunster, you were right about Carly Bay. Oh, yes. I wonder you did not wait, however. Another day, a few hours even, to copy the microfilm for your own purposes before exposing the traitor. That would have been short-sighted, General. Oh? Our stake is an alliance with Turkey, sir. Not with the Dardanelles defenses, not Stambul. Turkey itself. I promise you the proper authorities will hear of your good faith in this matter. Thank you, General. But uh, that young woman, why didn't you save her American? If you had come to me, I could I have... I did uh... save him, General. But... You told At her. At this that... moment, under protest, I must admit, the young man is being borne down the Bosphorus on the Greek steamer. I, uh, I do not understand. I was afraid she was really in love with him. It has been our experience that when a spy is in love, her or his usefulness to us is gone. We have work for Fräulein Doctor to do. Von Sturm, that was a shot from the office. Herr von Sturm, the gun, the Fräulein. What is it? What happened? The Fräulein, Herr von Sturm, she, she shot herself. It was not a fatal bullet. Anne-Marie did not die. But she was in a hospital for many weeks. At one time, they thought she had lost her mind. Nothing mattered to her anymore. The war, her country, the future, nothing. She wandered aimlessly until she came to us three years ago. A woman who has lost herself, who has no longer the will to live or the will to die. As I said, Major, she needs your help desperately. She's coming here now to this room? Sister Therese is bringing her. Uh, may I suggest, Major, that you stand there in the shadows for a moment? She's shy with strangers, ill at ease. Of course, Mother. I'll do as you say. Here is Anne-Marie, Mother. I told her that you wished to see her. Thank you, sister. Good evening, Anne-Marie. Good evening, Mother. Sit down, my dear. I want you to listen to me very carefully. Are you listening, Anne-Marie? Yes. When you were ready to leave the hospital, you remember? Herr von Sturm visited you. You told me this yourself. Yes. What did he say to you, Anne-Marie? I... I don't want to remember. Douglas Beale is alive. Isn't that what he said? Isn't it, Anne-Marie? He lied, Mother. Perhaps not. Douglas would have found me. If he was alive, he'd have come to me. Suppose he couldn't come. The war, his duty to his country. Well, what is the matter, my dear? Someone is in this room. There, in the shadows. An American major who wants to help you. An American? He wrote me a letter. The name he signed. Well, I know he can help you. Major, be gentle with her. Anne-Marie. It is. It is. I've searched so long, so far. Now and I'd almost given up hope. Douglas. Oh, Douglas. Hush, don't talk. Oh, my dear, is this going to be all right? You must believe that. Know it, surely. No. Believe. Oh, my world is whole again. You are here. I only know that. And it's so much more than enough. <laughs> will return in just a moment. (laughs) 
Angela, you're supposed to submit to a little interview now. I don't mind, Howard, but what about? Frankly, I don't know. We'll find that out after we've had it. If this is going to be an ad-lib interview, I've had it already. Well, really, it's just a little praise that I know you will take gracefully, and so will Paramount. It's about your excellent performance in Samson and Delilah. Did you see it, Howard? No, but I read the book. Well, then how did you know that I was excellent? Well, it's a safe statement. You were so good in all the MGM pictures, State of the Union, Three Musketeers. I even go back as far as Gaslight when you made your American debut. As far back makes me sound very ancient. <laughs> well, you've had a pretty solid career for a girl under 25, and you've got a good long life ahead of you and the certainty of many excellent performances to come. Why, thank you, Howard. Don't mention it, Angela Lansbury. Starring Angela Lansbury, adapted for radio by William Kendall Clark. Original music composed and conducted by Joel Heron. The program was directed by Marks B. Loeb and produced by Raymond Katz. The supporting cast included Ken Lynch, Kermit Murdoch, Anne Seymour, and Raymond Edward Johnson. Ed Stokes speaking. <laughs> Welcome back. Well, if you thought that this program was a little bit easy on portraying the uh, Germans as villains in World War II five years after it ended, there is actually a really good explanation for this. While this radio version of Stambul Quest is set in World War II, uh, the actual uh, movie Stambul Quest was set in World War One, And if I were to speculate, I think that part of the reason why MGM would set it in World War II instead would be to make it more relevant uh, to modern audiences of the time for whom World War II was a very recent memory and they would relate to a lot of what happened in there. They also did try to make her sympathetic and not someone we would associate with the Nazi cause. There was a scene in this where, if you'll remember, the German officers with her and her were huddling together, and the two officers, uh, they went ahead and d d did the Hitler salute, and she said, for Germany. So in essence, they want us to think of Anne-Marie not as a Nazi, but as a German patriot who is doing her very best to, uh, in some way, prevent uh, the war or its escalation. To me, I think they would have done better going with the original plot and setting it in World War One, because this really was a World War I story, and uh, her character was based on a, a real person uh, who operated under the codename Fraulein Doctor during the First World War. The film Stambul uh, Quest was actually released in 1934, and it's an odd story to be uh, releasing on radio in 1950. For one thing, I think storytelling and taste had radically changed in the past uh, 16 years. It's kind of hard to um, overestimate just how much that changed, because talkies were still relatively new in uh, 1934, and everything was, or a lot of stuff anyway, was uh, very big, very uh, uh, dramatic. And, of course, uh, there's also the sentiment that was active in 1934, which the country was in a period of a lot of doubt about our involvement, whether we should have gotten involved in World War One. And this was after the release of All Quiet on the Western Front, which had increased a bit of our sympathy to those who had been our enemies during the First World War during World War II and after, not so much. And to be honest, MGM did do some older films, which I think was an attempt 
to uh, contain the cost, but they were films, you know, from the, you know, late 20s and 30s, which I think it, uh, were, you know, made it a little harder for it to compete against uh, many of the other uh, programs which were doing more recent adaptations. At any rate, it was still an enjoyable story, and uh, I think Angela Lansbury did put on a good performance, uh, as always. And I did uh, really find Howard Dietz's uh, comments at the end, talking about you know how many years and how many great performances she had left in her. And I thought, you actually have no idea how uh, right you are, Mr. Dietz. All right. Well, that will actually do it for today. Uh, join us back here uh, on Wednesday. I know we're a bit early on uh, this episode. Uh, we're doing a Monday show for our Angela Lansbury series uh, so that we can bring you a 4th of July special on Wednesday. And then we'll be back next week with another episode in our Summer of Angela Lansbury. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>